0: Hello, you're listening to Overwhelm is optional. Hello, in this episode I want to talk a bit more about how overwhelm happens when we get stuck in our heads, which is um, where we spend a lot of time living at the moment, Um, and how strengthening this connection with our bodies really helps and how it helps and just I just wanted to explore that a bit more because um, I've got an online course and um, it's my first online course so I'm really really keen to look at what's going on with it and I've been talking to people who have taken it and the effect it's having on them and I'm really really interested because there's a whole load of hidden benefits going on which aren't intentionally put into the course and it's all it's all teaching this method which I've been teaching you um, for free on this podcast and I just wanted to explore it a bit more because I think there's some hidden gems there which can help you and it would help me to just explore the ideas with you and uh, see if we can pull out the gold. So yeah, so so going with this idea that um, getting out of your head into your body is a really fast, effective way to get out of overwhelm, get some clarity, sort your energy out and feel a whole lot better Let's just start by by just doing that. So if you haven't listened to my podcast before, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. So um, if it's safe for you to do so, do this with your eyes closed. If you're driving, don't do this. Do it later. Um, Sitting, standing, just pausing wherever you are. I'm doing it sitting, but it doesn't really matter. So just allowing your eyes to close if that feels comfortable. And then just start to very purposely move all of your attention into your feet. And notice any resistance to doing this. So your mind is going to complain about this and pull you away from this. So just keep gently but firmly moving your attention back into your feet. And a way to do this is to get really curious about your feet. So for example, is there the same amount of weight in both feet? probably not, but don't try and change it, just notice. So all you're doing is noticing and each time your mind grabs your attention and says, this is a waste of time, why on earth would I want to explore my feet? Just go with it. Gently but firmly escort your attention back into your feet. Feel your feet on the ground or wherever they are. Notice any physical sensations in your feet. Maybe there's different weight in them. Maybe one feels warmer than the other. It doesn't matter what you find. It just matters that you purposely place your attention in your feet. And notice. Get curious. And notice any um, wanting to change what you find. And see if you can just let go of the need to adjust the weight in your feet, to change the temperature of your feet, anything that wants to be changed. See if you can just leave it, just be with whatever you find, it's only your feet, they'll be alright, don't take it too seriously, just keep pulling your attention back to your feet and then move your awareness to your belly. just get curious about any physical sensations in your belly without trying to identify them. So see if you can just see them as physical sensations, signals from your belly to your brain that you're just paying attention to for a moment. And just notice what you find, heaviness, lightness, gurgliness, buzziness. See if you can catch your mind adding stories Oh, it's making this noise because I ate that. See if you can drop the stories, because when you get into a story, you're back in your head. So as soon as you notice that, which is going to happen, because you're human, and that's what our minds do, see if you can gently, but firmly, escort your attention back into your belly. Over and over again. All your awareness with your feet on the floor. Notice your belly, allow your belly to soften if it wants to and if it doesn't just notice that, don't try and change it or judge it, just notice soft belly, softening belly or not, doesn't matter, just notice curiously, kindly, it's your belly yours it's amazing look what it does for you (laughs) and then move your attention to your shoulders and just notice how close they are to your ears notice if they want to move away from the ears allow them to if they do and if they don't just notice notice any tension any holding just notice it don't judge it as bad or good or notice any stories attached to it, oh I'm always too tense, this is because I work too hard, this is because I worry about everybody else, this is because, this is because, that's your mind, gently but firmly take all your attention, place it in your shoulders and just notice any physical sensations in your shoulders or nothing. Just notice completely neutrally. Well done. So feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften or not. Allow your shoulders to come away from your ears or not. And notice how you feel. Notice how you feel. In this moment. And each time your mind gets involved with a judgement about how you feel. With wanting to change how you feel. With a story attached to why you feel as you feel. Resist the temptation to follow that if you can. Or as soon as you realise that you have followed it, notice that that's just being human. That's okay. Okay. Just catch yourself, bring your attention back to your body, feet on the ground, belly, shoulders, notice how you feel. Well done. And then when you're ready, gently and slowly open your eyes and just check in again. So after doing that, how do you feel? What's your mind up to now? Just notice. It is enough to notice. And i found this is um really important. I've been teaching this for a while now. And it's really interesting how hard it is just to notice. We seem to do, we always want to do more. We want to push. We want to change. And I think this is what's contributing to our overwhelm and exhaustion. Because actually it's really difficult to just be with what is. And it sounds a bit hippie, doesn't it? I just need to be more. But then if you're trying to just be, then you're still trying. It's really hard. It's very, very difficult. Very difficult. I think animals are better at it, but they don't have these brains that make the internet and other awesome things we can do. Although some of them do have amazing brains and are probably much better at this than us. But anyway, this is about you and you're a human and you have this amazing mind. But Maybe it's time to learn how to control it better, how to steer it so that you can be happier and healthier and, and wealthier. Because let's face it, being overwhelmed by everything, by life and by also internally by the constant stuff that's going on in your head, is just exhausting. It's very unproductive because it's incredibly hard to get the clarity to take the, the best steps that make the biggest difference to whatever it dreams you have and whatever big, hairy, audacious goals you have. It's very hard to get clear on that when... You're struggling, battling against this constant overloaded mind. It's also exhausting. And I do find this really, really interesting how after a day of losing my mind, my body aches, I find this continually interesting. And also, there's the whole nervous system out of sync thing. Because living, I firmly believe that when we spend too much time in our head, which is a very Western driven, striving thing at the moment, then we miss out on um, all of this wisdom from our bodies and our hearts. And my best days are when I feel more connected. And it's never going to be perfect. You know, I'm never going to spend, it's highly unlikely I'm ever going to manage to spend all my time completely connected to my heart and my purpose and connected to my body and really listening to my body and doing what's best for my health while using my brilliant mind, because that's pretty hard. But actually, what I find is tiny, tiny changes have huge impacts. And what's really encouraged me this week is I've been doing a lot of talking to people who are doing my online course at the moment where I teach this. And um, there's all these different effects that are really powerful but are coming from just noticing it's really exciting so yeah I just wanted to kind of pull pull some of that out for you and, and see if if you wanted to get some of these benefits so that that body's it's a body centered mindfulness practice that that I've just done with you and These are the effects that seem to be happening from people I work with, people who do my courses, Um, and before COVID-19, people who did my classes and workshops. This is some of the things that I've noticed from them. So when you take a pause in your day to get out of your head and connect and tune into your body, and you do so by noticing just noticing not by trying to breathe deeply or calm your mind or do you know you can do that if you want that's a different method so this is a just really gentle but very powerful method of just noticing and then we introduce curiosity and the reason we introduce i introduce curiosity is because curiosity stops the self-judgment so this the mind constantly points out everything that's wrong and this is tiresome. It's very, very helpful um, when it's needed to save your life. Really important. But it's not helpful to be happy, healthy and wealthy, to have, have a really good life. Because, oh my God, isn't it tiresome? That loop of doom in your head and that constant pushing and striving. I'm not enough. If only I was fitter, nicer. I don't know, had more energy, was more productive, was a better parent, was a better friend, was a better this. You know, it's this constant never being enough. Utterly exhausting. And when you tune into your body and just notice what's there. And then you get curious. It drops the self-judgment. Because you can't be curious and judgy at the same time. It's just not possible. And it, it just takes it, it makes it a bit lighter. So if you were to to do that again, go into your feet and go, oh my God, there's something wrong with my feet. You know, I'm not, why am I not putting the same amount of weight in both feet? Or why is one of my feet feeling like that? You can go down that route. It's what we do all the time, isn't it? So for example, sometimes when I get up in the morning and I go downstairs to make a cup of tea, I'll get a pain in one of my knees. And then immediately my mind goes into, oh no, something wrong with my knee, what should I do? I should Google that, maybe I need to do this, maybe it's something wrong, maybe it's my age, da, da, da. maybe it's an old running injury, and it need, then it becomes a problem that needs to be solved, it takes a lot of energy and mind power to deal with that. My mind tends to go into immediate loop of doom, because it's trying to save my life, so I need my knee, knees are complicated joints, they need a lot of care, what have I done now? Have I overdone some yoga? Have I, you know, what fault... <laughs> whose fault is this? And my mind's kind of like, well, it's your fault. But hang on a sec, it's my mind. So let's just turn that around and start making my mind work for me. So you could go the whole um, deliberately calming your mind, you could try and replace the loop of doom or the nagging with um, positive thinking. But, But for me, what works, and because this comes out of my journey, my journey with the stress-overwhelm-exhaustion cycle, ended up with burnout and severe pain in my body. Not pain that can be explained. You know, not something you can go to the doctor and go, well, I've got these pains, oh, well, that's that, take this, do this. Not that kind of pain. Severe pain that a lot of us have, don't we? We have all these niggles and pains and, oh, and there's not really, it doesn't really have a label, it doesn't really have anything. So my body was literally screaming at me, And, um, yeah, I managed to ignore it for a bit longer and just keep going. High functioning, brilliant me. (laughs) Or not. Learning to ask for help now. Learning to be a bit nicer. Um, But anyway, my route back to health was forced down the body um, route, the body connection route, which, which is obviously why I'm teaching you this. So for me, what happens now is this because I practice this all the time. So I get up in the morning, say I'm going downstairs. Oh, that's an interesting sensation in my knee. Actually, it doesn't quite happen like that. The knee pain happens, if it's knee pain or whatever's going on. My mind goes, uh-uh, and starts its doom, doom, high alert. Da-da-da, big dramatic stuff. And I'm, I am find in general, I'm, I, because I practice this all the time, I find it quite easy to go, ah, there is a sensation in my knee and this sounds crazy doesn't it it's like there's a sensation in my knee actually it's even more than that it's even funnier than that because now I'm saying it it sounds really silly um so I'm bringing in the curiosity which is the next level so you, you do the noticing you purposely take control of your attention you notice your body and then you bring in curiosity, because it stops that mind-crazy, naggy stuff. And so now it kind of... I'm trying to slow down what happens in a split second, because I do this all the time. And um, it's it's quite hard to explain, and it sounds bonkers. Now I'm saying it out loud. Anyway, so pain in my knee, mind goes high alert. I do my mindfulness tuning in practice. So instead it's averted by... Oh, curiosity. Hmm that's interesting (laughs) which is funny in itself isn't it and then and then literally then the next step is bringing in self-kindness so it's a four-part method notice neutrally purposely take control of your attention so when your mind gets alerted you bring it back to the body thirdly get curious because it's funny (laughs) it becomes playful and light and not so serious and it, it drops the self-judgment and it stops the mind in its tracks from its loop of doom and nagging and da-da-da, trauma, da, da, knee alert. And then fourthly, the self-kindness, because self-kindness is amazingly powerful. So self-kindness is a necessary um prerequisite for resetting your nervous system it it's it brings so much but it's seen as a fluffy thing it's seen as a self-indulgent thing but it's not it's it's such a powerful thing to learn um and just allowing that kindness so it's just like this it's just straight into oh my knee needs some extra care today but what's really interesting about all this it sounds really complicated and yes you need to practice it but this whole thing that I've just described about walking downstairs to make a cup of tea goes from, previously it would have gone, oh no, something wrong with my knee, da 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 da, da. what's wrong with my knee, da, da da and that would have taken like hours and probably run on a background loop for days and then resulted in some googling, um, and then i it, there would have been anxiety building in my, and I might have woken up in the night about it or so, you know, I don't know, you know, the normal nonsense. It was normal for me anyway. Um, to now, by the time I've got to the bottom of the stairs, the knee pain's gone, and not always, but it's gone very quickly after. And I find this absolutely fascinating. So basically, by it's almost like shining this light of attention onto my body, and being curious rather than panicked. And and, and I'm not saying like mass panic, like, um, you know, serious anxiety about it I'm just talking about that normal thing that I now recognize my mind tends to do and I think that that's probably what a lot of us do because that's what minds do so it's not like it's it's not like a crazy over googling about a small knee pain it's just a general thing this is what our bodies do we get older we get dissatisfied with them or we have injuries from running or whatever and we we just get very critical so that we're always problem solving. We're always, oh, what's wrong now? God, I've been so. We're always on this. Con- it feels like, anyway, a lot of people I know, we're always on this constant fitness thing. How can I improve things? And it's exhausting. And there's a difference between wanting to be fit and healthy um, because that's good and that's good self-care. And getting stuck in a constant improvement because there's something wrong. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the how, isn't it? It's the how we hold ourselves and how we treat our bodies and how respectful we are of them and how much we care for them. And for me, what I found the most powerful thing for getting out of a cycle of constant improvement and then something else goes wrong, so you never really reach it. It's not like you get to a point, I ever got to a point where I was like, oh yes, yeah, so I've sussed it now, I've got my perfect diet, perfect this, perfect exercise, perfect this, perfect that because something because life shifts and changed all the time and that's what we're obviously really aware of right now in COVID-19 is that how much little control we have so we aim for things and then it never quite happens so what's really interesting for me about getting out of that cycle which is exhausting although I've learned a lot of really interesting stuff about diet and exercise and stuff and I'm grateful for that and I use that but this is really powerful. So often now, so I'm, what am I, 51, a few weeks time I'll be 52. So um, yeah, my body's, there's getting older stuff going on. But what I've noticed is that actually when I shine that, it's almost like shining this spotlight of, of healing. Seriously. Uh, I'll have like a pain somewhere and then I just notice it. I drop the judgment, I get curious because that helps with the dropping the judgment and getting out of my head again and then I flood that area with kindness, I feel self-compassion, I'm also noticing more self-acceptance. So for example, this is how I am today, so I'll just be gentle, gentle on my knee or my elbow or you know my nose, whatever's gone wrong today. Um, and and just that change in how I'm approaching my day, my life, my relationship with my body has had a huge impact on my health and a lot of days now I would argue I feel fitter, stronger, uh, what else do we want, more energised, just like so much banner than even when I was in my 20s. So I find that really interesting and we know the body-mind connection is really powerful because that's how the placebo um, effect works and all sorts of things. So to look after yourself um, right now, when your health is your, your immune system is so important, I really recommend doing this. You know, this, this tuning in, purposely taking control of your attention and just placing it in your body. And I always go feet, belly, shoulders, because your feet are furthest away from your mind So it's easier to get out of your head. It's also very stabilising. In a world where we tend to move very fast, well normally we do, but we're all on lockdown at the moment. So in a world where we move around very fast rushing, we often become disconnected from our bodies in terms of awareness. But we're pushing our bodies through crowds and doorways and traffic jams. And we're not always looking after ourselves. But now we're at home stuck in lockdown and only allowed out for for one hour a day or whatever, we're spending even more time in our head. And if you're spending all of your time in your head online, that's that's a real disconnect there. It's not very good for your body. You can become even more overwhelmed and stuck in your head. And And even if you can't do all the exercise you want, even if you really don't have any space at home because you're stuck in a house with your family and they're driving you mad, this practice creates space for you. Um, And I was just going to read something from David White, who's my favourite poet. And when I say favourite poet, that sounds like I have favourite poets. He's, he is the poet. He is the poet that changed my life in terms of writing words that resonate with me so deeply that I just feel understood, and also, I hate poetry, you know, I don't read poetry, and I don't know how this happened. I can't even remember how it happened, how David White just snuck his poems into my life and changed my life. So when I say he's my favorite poet yeah he's he is he is he's not my personal poet, obviously he belongs to himself and lots of people love his work and it's not surprising but yeah so I don't know how to in- introduce what I'm gonna anyway David White go check out his work because he's amazing and he's reading a lot of stuff online right now it's really helpful anyway this is actually from um his lovely lovely book of prose called Consolations the solace nourishment and underlining meaning of everyday words and there's a there's a short chapter on rest now What we're talking about today, we're not actually talking about rest, and I would like to do a whole um, episode on rest because it's so important. But I wanted to use one of his sentences about rest because I think that, that, that these pauses and tuning into your body, feet, belly, shoulders, are like a mini rest. I think they're a whole lot more than that. And I do actually teach mini rests, which are purposeful rests in a different way. But I think that that pausing and tuning in and then responding to what you find, that that creates, can create space. It creates space in your body because your body's heard. And as your belly starts to allow softening, as your shoulders start to come away from your ears, which seems to be quite a normal response, not for everyone and not always, and it's going to be different every time you do it. Um, as that happens, space is created inside the body. And this space, if you're stuck in a house full of chaos at the moment, and you're really struggling with that, even if you love your family, and let's face it, families are tricky. So not, it's not like you're going to get on all the time. And some families are very, very difficult to be in. So this creating of space for yourself in the middle of the chaos is a really helpful practice. And I'm just going to read these words from David White, because I find this really helpful. So he talks about the experience of rest, and there's loads of beautiful words, but you need to go check out him reading this. I just wanted to pull this one sentence, the idea that we can be rested while putting together an elaborate meal for an arriving crowd. Whilst climbing the highest mountain or sitting at home surrounded by the chaos of a loving family. I'm going to read that again. We can be rested while putting together an elaborate meal for an arriving crowd. Now think about that for a moment. Putting together an elaborate meal is pretty stressful anyway. Because you've got the timing, you've got a lot of things to think about. And if somebody disturbs you, you forget to do something and it tends to go wrong, doesn't it? So I love this. We can be rested while putting together an elaborate meal for an arriving crowd. While climbing the highest mountain. Now that's really interesting, isn't it? Because climbing mountains is is like, is a major physical feat. The idea that you can be rested while doing that rather than pushing. I, I just love this, this idea that he presents. While sitting at home surrounded by the chaos of a loving family. I'd also like to kind of say... Or sitting at home surrounded by the chaos. Because not everybody's in a loving family. And I just wanted to suggest the idea to you. That that whatever's going on for you at the moment in lockdown. This idea that you can pause. And you could do it without anyone noticing. So you could do this secret practice. You don't have to close your eyes. But by purposely moving your attention away from the external chaos the noise, the demands of your children, the demands of your partner, whatever's going on for you, or the demands of trying to work at home, you know, whatever's going on, you can just even for a minute, take a break and create space for yourself. So that pulling in of your attention away from the external chaos and then pulling it out of whatever's going on in your mind and purposely placing it into your body that creates a little oasis in your day for you and it's incredibly nourishing so there's there's a couple of things I want to help you with here the first is um, so I'm trained in the zen tradition so I trained with retrained with a zen master which was an amazing experience as a zen yoga teacher um, and so I like this idea of beginner's mind so for me that means that each time you come to do this practice you come without expectation because the problem is is we're constantly striving which adds to our overwhelm because in that striving that striving is a pushing action as opposed to an aligned allowing a working with clarity towards a goal so there's self-discipline with clarity, which is really effective when you're aligned body, heart, mind. This is this is what brings me joy. This is what I feel like I'm here to do. This energizes me. So that, that creates health in your body, um, wealth because you're able to earn well. Um and and happiness because you feel aligned, you feel like you're you're doing something purposeful that helps the world. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, big, huge ventures. You know, I'm I'm very mission driven. I want to get everybody out of overwhelm so that they're connected to themselves and they are super healthy, super focused, able to share their gifts with the world. We all share our gifts, the world gets better. Um but I just mean like how you're doing things. So if you're working in a bank for example how present are you how how much are you how well are you looking after yourself so that you have the energy and presence to be there for your customers and your team members you know if we, it's how we move in the world that matters it's not what we do obviously that the what is important as well but if you start with the how and the why the what comes anyway so how how we how we move through our day how present we are to listening how kind we are how well we look after ourselves and respect and honor our bodies coming from that place makes a huge difference but very gently because it just ripples out so when we bring when you come to do this practice if this is what you want to do um which i hope so because i find it life, literally life-changing um when you come to it, if you come to it with a striving, I'm I'm not very good at it. Last time I wasn't very good, or last time it made me feel really good. It made me feel really calm, but this time it's not. You, it, that's not. It's that's it's not an effective way to do this because you're back in your head. So bringing this Zen beginner's mind, or, or the way I'm interpreting beginner's mind for for myself and my work and my life, is that you come and anew. You come like you've never done it before. So each time you come to do it, it's a new experience. It's not linked to how you did it before. Because that, once again, be- introduces that lovely curiosity. It becomes a lightly held practice. Of, it becomes a play for It's just easier. You know, take the path of least resistance. Don't set yourself up for fail by... It's like meditating. And this is a form of meditating. But if I teach just straight meditation what I notice is people want to achieve something. So it's a very Western-driven thing to want to use these old Eastern practices in order to achieve better productivity or clearer mind. And, And yes, they do result in that, but if you aim for them, you just make it harder. You know, don't make it so hard on yourself. So yeah, I would suggest bring a beginner's mind so that you're not setting yourself up for judgment just get out of your head pretend you've never done it before i mean in general what happens is it gets easier because you do get practised at it of course it gets easier but it's it's even easier if you bring a beginner's mind and you want to make i want to make it really super easy for you and then i just want to talk about some of the things that i've noticed so that um yeah because i just want to explore these effects and also so that you maybe feel more motivated to try it. But don't aim for these things, because that's not going to work. We're getting out of the striving and trying. There is nothing wrong with you. You are enough. The reason that you would do this is to make your life easier, because it's a radical act of self-care, and you need to look after yourself. You always needed to, but right now, you really need to because there's COVID-19. So if this this might help you, um, be motivated. So what tends to happen by getting out of your head and tuning into your body and noticing neutrally and taking control of your attention and purposely, continuously pulling it back from the stories and the loop and the nagging in your mind back into your body, then getting curious and then bringing self-kindness in So that that four step method, which in the end you can do in a minute, not in a minute. I mean, it can be done within one minute. Um, Your parasympathetic nervous system starts to kick back in. So a lot of us are living on hooks all the time. We're bracing ourselves against the day. You know, you wake up and da, da da da, I've got to do this, 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 da. quick, 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 quick. The faster I can get to, to, to the end of this, can I get through the day? I mean, what the hell's that about? I know there are some days that really just need to be got through, but not most days don't need to be just got through. You can't spend, but we do, so I don't know why I'm saying you can't, because we do, and I did. If we spend the whole time getting through until it's the weekend or the evening or the holiday, we're not living because we just missed whoops, I got through my life, skidded into my grave. I mean, come on, we can do so much better than this. So this bracing yourself is is activating the nervous system into high alert all the time, which is exhausting and results in patterns of held tension, overwhelmed mind because it's super processing to keep you out of danger or to get your to-do list down done, which feels like the same thing. So your to-do list becomes as urgent as, as if you were being chased by a bear. And, you know, so feeling your feet on the ground, allowing your belly to soften, allow your shoulders to come away from your ears and just notice, notice how you feel. In general, you can start to find your off switch and you can also, if you continually do it through your day, you can start to notice what triggers you into high alert you can notice when you're you're starting to get overwhelmed you can notice when you're starting to overuse your body or ignoring your body's um needs for rest food drink movement uh being able to gaze at something beautiful and that that changes your life because you become well. All of your systems in your body are going to work better when you learn to find your off switch. It's just go. You can go Google it, but I'm not going to go into. This is interesting for me because I'm I'm I've always been a complete or for a long time I was a complete research geek, and I could I tended to say research shows this, and I've stopped. And the reason I've stopped is I was spending too much time in my head. So now, instead of quoting all this research at people, you can find the research. But I would say, how much time do you have in your life to Google it all? Because although it's fascinating, um, and I'm grateful that I've got that knowledge, actually, in the end, this is about you. And I would recommend that you try this rather than Googling stuff about how your nervous system being on high alert damages systems in your, you know, stress. Basically, stress contributes to most of our modern diseases. Even if you change your diet and, you know, sort out your exercise and do loads of things, if you've still got loads of stress, and by stress I don't mean the positive stress we need in order to achieve and leave a... um live a fulfilling life I mean the kind of stress which is insidious which which leaves you stuck in high alert messes with the systems in your body causes overwhelm that stress overwhelm exhaustion cycle that kind of stress the unhelpful stress that just sits there and isn't achieving anything isn't giving you energy and motivation that's really not bad for you. And if you if you want if that's a really important motivator for you and you're interested, go go Google the damage stress does. Or if you already know, because you can examine your life and say, Yeah, I can see that actually I'm holding on to stress, which isn't helpful anymore. So I'm just gonna try this. I'm gonna try and reconnect with my body and honour what it needs and listen to it deeply. That's a faster route, it just depends who you are. You know, you're all at Everybody's at a different stage, aren't they? I was at a stage where I needed to Google everything about um, diets and, and exercise because it was fun and I learnt loads. I learnt, you know, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body. What's the most efficient way to exercise? I love all that stuff. I'm all for like doing things the best way and learning from people who've really mastered stuff. I'm all for that, but also recognise that if I spend too much time reading, I get stuck in my head. And actually at nearly 52, I've got quite a lot of stuff in my head and uh, it's time to start sharing it and putting it together in a really practical, useful way rather than just reading more stuff. So um, anyway, the next thing I wanted to say that's really helpful is when you purposely take your attention from either the external chaos, well, both these things, from the from the stuff that's going on around you, which is often demands of other people, because we do allow ourselves a lot of us allow ourselves to be hijacked by the needs of other people our boundaries aren't that good um at looking after ourselves and i think this is particularly so isn't it when it comes to children or partners or friends or work that's it i don't know what else is left then strangers <laughs> but you know people who people who matter to us we 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 want to make them happy we love them so sometimes we we look after them before ourselves. That's quite common. Um, So purposely, just placing all of your attention onto yourself just for a few moments is a huge, radical act of self-care. It signals to your very deep core of your being that you matter, that you're listening now. And what often happens is you find that actually... Your body has been trying to tell you loads of stuff for ages, and also, what's interesting actually is I, what I've what I found is when I look after myself better, I'm much nicer to be around, and and actually my family really appreciates that because it's easier. So, I don't know. Sometimes it feels selfish to to focus on yourself and look after yourself and be kind to yourself, but actually it's not. It's the, quite the opposite. Own oxygen mask first you it's, I'm much happier now, I'm able to be more present with people, um, I'm able to laugh at myself more, I just feel better, you know, I'm just not in that horrible, overwhelmed state of heavy exhaustion, just getting through in this desperate, you know, at the brink of tears, too much, and I cry a lot, and it, and my family laughs at me, and I still cry a lot now, but it's different, there's, there's, there's to me, this, this difference between these tears that are are coming up and feel threatening and I need to squish them back down and just tears where oh there's tears and it's it's very different for me now and I see tears as part of who I am and they're not usually stressful tears now before I think it was stress trying to leak out my body and I was just jamming it back down going come on this is weakness you can do this now I I just notice that I cry with utter joy that that's really common now it's just very different it's a very different flavour of tears leaking out of out of my eyes so let's give you a funny example i'll give you two funny examples no actually there's i'll give you three and that's enough laughing at myself for one day so one is we went to dorset art arts week a few years ago and walked into a barn and there were some amazing beautiful carved bowls and just amaz- and lots of pictures and i saw this framed photograph of a newborn calf calf and i cried with joy it just really moved me and it yeah and my partner secretly bought it for me and it's on our wall and how amazing is he um another time is a few months ago, we were in the New Forest and going for a walk. And we came across this. Oh, God, I'm not a horse person. I'm so sorry, horse people. We came across a baby horse. And I know they're not. What are they called? Whatever they're called. Foals. But quite a big one. So probably not a foal. Anyway, a young horse or pony. or Oh, God, I hate it. I... You can see I have insecurity about talking about horses. Anyway, never mind. This young horse. And he or she, I can't remember, just let me be like only a metre away. And I just knelt down and just stared with utter awe. And tears came to my eyes because of the beauty. And then another funny time that you can laugh at if you want is, I, I reckon every time I'm given a present, I just cry. If the present resonates with me and it's like, oh, my God, this person understands me, then I just cry. But it's not the kind of tears where when I was burned out and I I was constantly aware that I was just about getting through. You know, that kind of bracing, bracing, high functioning, completely overwhelmed, pushing, 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 forcing my mind to process really complicated stuff and plan and, you know, be present for people and be nice. It was all push, push, push whereas now I'd say more of the time I just have that awareness. It doesn't mean I'm like this super amazing person who's always present and listening. Oh no, I'm an ideas person. A lot of the time I'm still in my head processing lots of ideas, but I'm, a, mu- I'm much more aware of it. So I'm aware that I'm not really present because I'm processing ideas. And there's just that subtle difference which makes it's, it seem small, but it's huge. And it's huge in the way that I am with people, it's huge in in the impact it has on myself and my energy and my self-worth, it's very exciting. Anyway, um, another obvious benefit is that by doing this practice you're getting out of your head, which let's face it, for most of us is a welcome break, that in itself is a rest. Just to realise that we don't have to be in our heads, that we don't have to listen to the story, that that loop can carry on without us and it will carry on, Because trying to stop it is really hard. So don't try and stop the loop of doom in your head or the stories or the nagging. Just choose to place your attention into your body because it's a break. Now other things we do as humans to get out of our head include taking drugs, drinking alcohol, watching Netflix, um, participating in exercise that pushes us out of our heads. Because it doesn't always, does it, exercise? I find exercise... Really interesting. So sometimes when I used to run, it would feel really meditative, and other times, if I was kind of really felt like I needed to run, like I was trying to run away from my thoughts, it really didn't happen because they came with me and that loop continued, and it, the running really didn't help. So I find that quite interesting. But sometimes you can use exercise as a kind of purposeful state changer, and that can be wonderfully helpful, nourishing, or it can actually be the opposite and I, i'm still thinking about that and examining that idea um and the then the practice of just noticing drops the self judgment which is enormous try it i was talking to somebody a couple of people this week who're saying i realized how i'm always judging myself i'm always thinking there's something wrong with me and it 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 comes down to this um it comes down to this drive to want to be to want to have this amazing life and that's what I love about myself and some of um the people I work with is that they this dissatisfaction this wanting to be better is actually coming from this this amazing love this amazing like wanting to to be the absolute best but but when it comes from a self judgment it's disempowering and it's exhausting and it leads to stress and overwhelm and burnout so there's a there's a better way which is just which is self acceptance this is how i am today if you start with that good stuff happens i promise you try it um and then this learning to control your attention just that on its own if you didn't have all the other goodies just that purposefully taking control of your attention over and over again because your mind will keep hijacking your attention. That's super powerful for lots of reasons. So, for example, say you wanted to go onto Facebook and you really just wanted to spend five minutes, just check in with people, see how they are, maybe write a couple of nice things to support people. Um, and then you want to get out because the stuff you want to do. But Facebook is designed to be incredibly addictive and distracting. So, you know, two hours later, you just lost your time and that's like that's a lot of your life and it's that's rubbish having better focus happens by accident of this but don't do it in order to get that just do it for its do it for its own sake as an experiment as a radical act of self-care rather than in order to achieve better productivity because it just misses so much of the gold when you do it in order to be better you're back into the striving so don't do it in order to, to get something to make you better at doing something. It just see if you can see if you can drop the striving for a moment. Um and then yeah, this lovely creating a pause and space for yourself. And right now, if you're desperate for a little bit of space and calm amidst the storm of, of your surroundings just see see if you can just allow that space the space for you just by moving your attention just by (laughs) I guess you are tuning out the chaos as well I guess you have to do that in a kind way yeah I'd be interested to know how that happens but I have done this in noisy places and um and I'm really sensitive to noise and really sensitive to everything actually um so yeah it does for me I found that really helpful the idea that you can create your own space a little tiny oasis amidst chaos oh I really like that one I find that so helpful so give that a go and what was the last thing oh yes I don't know if this is the last thing because I keep investigating this more and more and more and in in order to hone this and make it as useful as possible but this idea I was considering this morning about how when you notice how you are you are gaining really valuable information so if you just do it once you might notice um you could notice, for example, that you're really tired. I think that's quite common because I think a lot of us are, are permanently overtired. So that, what can you do with that information? And you can choose to respond to that with kindness. So that how you, you know, you might not be able to drop any of your commitments. But I bet you could drop some. But you can change how you go through your day. So just that awareness of, OK, I'm tired today. So I'm just going to, I'm going to honour that. My body's tired and and maybe do things slower, or do things in a more gentle way, back off a bit, don't push, Just a, just do more of an allowing day, just noticing, that's really beneficial, and if you do it a lot, what happens is you get tons and tons of information, you get a lot of information that you can respond to immediately, so I'm tired, or I need to move, or I feel I need to eat. I didn't realise I'm really thirsty. So there's those basic needs which we which we all shut down in order to just get stuff done because everything's just get this done. I'm really busy. Um, but but gradually you can expand that until you start to notice what drains you, what causes overwhelm. And I think we talked about in this last episode, and you, and you can get really valuable information in a broader sense. But just I just wanted to talk about my basic method. Because I've, because I've been digging deep into it this week and um, refining my course and getting ready to build the next two courses so that it's all there um, to help anybody who really wants to get out of overwhelm and start living the life always meant to but kept getting distracted or too exhausted to live. Um, that's where I'm going with this gradually really listening, listening to feedback, listening to people's problems, listening to what's happening with myself, because I'm, you know, much further down the journey than the people I'm helping, because that's what we do. Um, Yeah, so I hope that's been helpful. I hope that's convinced you to give it a go. I'd really like to end with just doing it again. So you can just end the podcast feeling really connected to yourself. So if you want to join me, just pause, close your eyes if you can. If you can't, keep them open. In fact, yeah, should we do an open eye one? I don't know, it's harder. I'm about making it easier. When you shut your eyes, you shut out 70% of st- stuff. But if you're at home with busy family, would that draw their attention to you and make them annoy you? Or, I don't know, you decide. And can I just say that we have this idea that... If things were different, everything would be easier. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not. So if I take the example of doing this practice or meditating, people often feel that if only they had space, if only I had a meditation room, you know how like super rich people have meditation rooms, which is lovely. I'd love one because actually, yeah, it is easier to go into a room where, where you know that this is your practice but what's really interesting about that is i've i've been on on silent retreats and what's really easy, really interesting for me is just how noisy it is in my head so actually it's not necessarily easier or better to do this without any distraction i think it's easier to practice it without distraction which is why i recommend closing your eyes but actually it's not always easier because there's, there's always going to be something that disturbs your coffee. Life isn't perfect. Yes, there are things we can do to live more in alignment with our own needs, energies, embracing our uniqueness, you know, developing self-acceptance. But actually, as we all know really well right now, we have very little control. At any point, anything could happen. And if there's one thing that COVID-19 is highlighting, is just how little control we have. So I think it's better to go with just doing this practice or meditation or whatever your practice is to centre yourself and nourish yourself. It's better to just do it rather than waiting for this perfect time because there's never going to be a perfect time today is the day you need to do it and I can't remember who says it can't remember at all but there was somebody big famous I think in the meditation world and there's some quote oh this is terrible I can't remember who it is but it doesn't really matter so and they said and they usually meditate for an hour a day and somebody said you haven't got time because we've got to do this this and he said apparently he said something like well in that case I'm going to meditate for two hours a day and that's quite an interesting thing isn't it so when we're When we're busier, when we're more liable to be distracted, we need to practice more, not less. But we tend to do the opposite. We tend to go, I am too busy to meditate. I'm too busy to tune in and listen to my body today. Stop doing that. You are important. You matter. Radical acts of self-care. Do this now. So close your eyes if you want to. It's easier. And feel your feet on the ground. Get curious about any physical sensations in your feet. And each time your mind grabs your attention, gently escort your attention back to physical sensations in your feet. And then your belly. Allow your belly to soften. Or not. Just notice. Allow your shoulders to move away from your ears if they want to. And if they don't, that's okay. Just notice. Feet on the ground. Soft belly or not. Shoulders moving away from your ears or not. And notice how you feel.